Think of these quick tip episodes like a cold water swim. In just a few minutes, you can get some amazing benefits to support you on your speaking journey. And bonus, the only thing that's getting wet here is your appetite to try this stuff out. And if you have a question you want me to answer about anything related to speaking, storytelling, pitching, performance or humour, then DM me on Instagram, LinkedIn or Twitter at SarahArcher15. Hello and welcome to another quick tip episode. How are you? Doing well? Getting out there speaking? Hopefully you are. Sharing your stories? Uh, I'm well. It's a bit chilly here, mind you, in the UK. Overnight, it went from late summer to bloody freezing. So uh, I've had my hot water bottle out last, I think, earlier in the week. Nightmare. Anyway, I'm here to share another quick tip with you. And this is another show. This is one of those ones that I love, which is it's been inspired by a problem that is being experienced by some of my clients. And I, as you know, I figure if they're having trouble with this, then maybe you are going to find use for it too. So we are going to be talking today about hooks, or as I like to call them, lightning bolts. What is a hook or a lightning bolt? And what is their purpose? So I've done an episode all about this previously. We're not quite the same as this one, but there'll be some crossover, I expect. But for the sort of overview, longer episode, do check out number 65. I'll put a link in the show notes to that for you. But today I want to focus in on a specific issue. But We need to just do a, a little bit of context so you get where I'm coming from. So hooks or lightning bolts, as I call them, they are designed to get your audience's attention. At the start of your talk, you need a lightning bolt opening. And at the end of your talk, you need a lightning bolt close. And another place you need to have a lightning bolt uh, hook is in your talk title. Because if you can't get people to actually get to the place, be in the audience, either online or in person, then your talk could be fantastic, but they're not going to hear it. So that's another place uh, to make sure you get people's attention. But how do you do that? What gets us human beings to stop, look and listen are three triggers. And these are either fear, curiosity or desire. I often ask this question, which do you think is most powerful? And I do get a you know, range of the three answers, but I'm going to explain to you which I believe are the most powerful. So desire is the weakest of the three. There are more people that move away from something than towards it. And so, yeah, it's powerful. Don't get me wrong. Desire is powerful, but it's not as powerful as fear. Um, People will be more motivated to do something to avoid pain, if that makes sense. That's how, you know, the avoidance of pain is the reason a lot of people have... uh, you know, drink too much or eat too much or, you know, grab that chocolate bar. Been there myself, you know, so, so avoidance of pain. So fear is, is a stronger motivator or an attention getter than desire. And then we have curiosity, which I actually think is as powerful, if not a little bit more powerful than fear. And that's because it actually combines both desire and fear, the chemicals for both of those are featured in curiosity. 
And I, you know, I was, I'll give you an example of how powerful this is. Monday, I play football twice a week. I turn up at football on Monday and my um, football friends were talking about something called Married at First Sight and how they'd been watching it and they couldn't wait to see what happened next. And I was like, first of all, I was like, oh, I've not, not been watching that. I've been, I think I'm missing out. And so I had this whole fear of missing out thing and, and then curiosity about why this was so good. And that's exactly what curiosity does. You know, you, you, you know, you're like, you want to know because you want to find out what's going on and, and also avoid missing out. So curiosity is super powerful. So those are the triggers for attention that we need to include and reflect in our lightning bolt openings and closings. The other thing that I wanted just to cover off today before I switch into what the problem is that I'm talking about and then how you overcome that is to give you some ideas for potential lightning bolt options to hook your audience. Now, first of all, you know, there's loads, to be honest, there's lots and lots of different things that you can do, but I'm just going to give you three today. So, you know, that's, we're on a quick tip episode. Um, So three tips for you today around your lightning bolt openings and closings. You can start with a provocative statement. And this is a great one. I always use an example which sticks in my mind of Professor Larry Smith, a guy who is an economics professor, did a TED talk. Um, And as you know, people who go to TED talks are aspirational. And his opening to his talk was, I am going to share with you why you're going to fail to have a great career. Boom. What? Those people definitely wanted a great career. You can bet your life they'd be leaning into that. So that is him invoking fear as an in a provocative statement. So you can see, and curiosity. I'm going to show you why. I'm curious about why. Oh, and I, that's, I don't want to not have a great career. There's fear in there as well. So that's a provocative statement. Then you can have a question which could be equally provocative. But again, we want to link it to fear, curiosity and desire. So it could be a question related to, you know, why, you know, I could potentially say, why do you think it is that most speakers only get compliments when they speak? So there I'm assuming that people want more than compliments. They want their talk to actually do something and people want to avoid that. So that's that in the form of a question. So we've got a provocative statement, got a question. And then the other thing which is super powerful as a lightning bolt opening is a story. And a story can combine all three triggers for attention. And what I'm going to do in a little bit is show you how I use a story. um, And it will also illustrate how to overcome the problem that I'm going to be talking to you about. So we've got questions, statements and stories as potential options for your lightning bolt opening and close for your talk. Right, let me switch into what the problem is. So I talked about a story, a story, you know, certainly the one that often I use and the one that I'm going to uh, share with you today uses a sort of makes an analogy or a metaphor and then transposes it onto the issue, the problem that you are talking about. And the thing that we've got to be mindful of with our lightning bolts is that, yes, they are designed to get the attention of the audience, 
but they have absolutely got to be relevant to the people in the audience. They've got to care about this thing. It's got to be relevant for them, but it's also got to be connected to the problem and solution that we're talking about. You know, we just we don't want to just run on stage naked to grab people's attention uh, unless we're talking about <laughs> being naked in relation to what we're doing. Perhaps we're starting off a new colony or something. I don't know. Anyway, we just it's more it's we've got to actually connect back to what you're talking about. Otherwise, it's very clickbaity. So we don't want to do that. So the problem uh, and the solution need to be reflected in the metaphor or analogy that you choose. Now, the issue that I've been finding is that people will pick a metaphor, but they won't fully commit to it. They will sort of maybe talk about minefields, but then not fully bring that to life for people in a way that they can feel it viscerally. And then they don't fully transpose why that's like what they're talking about. So they're kind of doing half a job and they're missing out on really connecting it deeply to the person, making it so real and tangible and concrete for them that it brings it to life. And so that's what I want you to be aware of. If you are going to use a metaphor, analogy, a story, you've got to fully transpose it onto the problem and the person that you're targeting for the talk. So I'm going to give you an example of what I mean. I do a talk called How to Sell More When You Speak. Hopefully you can see how I'm tapping into desire, actually, with that one and curiosity in that talk title. And people turn up to hear me do this talk, and I might have shared this with you before, but this is a good fit for this episode. And I start that particular talk, I come out and I say, back in the Victorian times... If a woman had a choice between going onto the streets or going into the workhouse, she would choose to go onto the streets and work as a prostitute because it was considered the morally superior choice. And that's because back in Victorian times, the poor were considered immoral and evil. Now, I'm going to step back away from the story for a moment if you can imagine people turning up to hear me talk about selling when you speak, and I start with that, they are going to be going, what? Mm? What's she talking about? And they'll be curious to know where I'm going with this. They'll be leaning in. For sure, they're going to be off their phone. And they're, you know, they're going to be slightly concerned at that point. So what my job is to do is bring this back round to what I'm talking about. So moving on from there, what I do next is explain a bit more context about why they were viewed as immoral and evil, the, pe the people um, and the politics of the time, but very keeping it very short. Our lightning bolt stories really only need to be about three to five minutes, okay? And, and then I talk about how everything changed. People's perception changed, the law changed, the poor were treated better. Workhouses were abolished because of a story. And then I share, and it was, it was actually Charles Dickens' story of Oliver, and then I share what he did with that story and, and the impact it, it made. And then I talk about that's what you need to be doing 
with stories in your speaking. Stories have the power to shift perspectives, to sell an idea, to connect with people deeply and so on. So that's what you need to be doing. You need to be fully immersing them in the thing that you're talking about first. Don't just pay lip service to it. Don't just say, oh, you know, Charles Dickens changed the way people thought about poor people in Victorian society because he told a story. Stories are really powerful. That is not going to be as powerful as if you actually take them there and then shift it. Once you've got them bought into this thing, then shift it into their world today. So that's really what I wanted to share with you today. The reason it works is because it does connect with them at an emotional level. It does make it relevant for them and it does make it concrete and memorable. We are looking for things that they know already to attach onto things that we are talking about that they might not fully be aware of yet. So the thing you need to be aware of for you know, besides fully committing to your lightning bolt, your your hook is also, you know, to get these sorts of stories and metaphors and analogies, you've got to start thinking outside the box. I, this is what I want to talk about, but what is that like that people might know about already? So, you know, things like, you know, you could be something in a war zone or something, you know, I've used a Ted Lasso episode before to connect something that I'm talking about. So it's really thinking outside the box, not getting stuck in our narrow um, lane that we're in. And the other thing to say about this is that it's not in business. It's not about crafting stories or creating stories. Yes, there's a bit of crafting once you've found the story, but you don't have to have the imagination of Charles Dickens or you know, JK Rowling, because in business, it's about finding stories. You know the point that you want to make, you know where you want to get the people to. And then it's about finding an anecdote or a story that will connect with them where they are today, and then enable you to transpose it. So that's a really important point. So start to look around your world, pay attention to things you're watching on TV, things you're reading, the news, and see if there's something that is going to be relevant for you to use, that people will relate to. And you can make your talk really topical by picking something from today um, that they're engaged in and interested in and then applying it to what you're talking about. That's what I wanted to say to you today. Fully commit to your lightning bolt hooky opening and then you know make it come alive for people, then transpose it onto the situation. Okay, there you go. I hope you found that useful. And I'm actually going to be doing, in the not too distant future, a masterclass all about hookology. So keep your ears and eyes peeled for details of that. I'll be sharing that with you uh, in the coming weeks. But something I've got for you today before I head off into the sunset is a brilliant, brilliant opportunity for you if you are an aspiring author, or you're an author with a book that's not doing great. I was asked by my friend Jane Tabachnik to contribute a masterclass to something she's put together called the Profitable Author Toolkit. And this is an amazing bundle of 20 resources donated by marketing experts to help you revive your book or if you're writing a book or aspiring to write it a book, to do it in the best way that will get it flying off the shelves and into people's hands. 
And I've contributed a masterclass to that toolkit uh, called How to Turn Your Book into a Profitable Talk in Six Steps. And I want to make you aware of this opportunity to grab these. They're absolutely, it's absolutely free, fantastic resources, worth about $5,000 in total. And if you want to go ahead and get that stuff, then all you need to do is follow the link that I'll put in the show notes. It's right there for you. Well, I hope that you found everything useful today. As I said, if you like the podcast, if you're a regular listener, then why not leave a rating or review over at speakingclubpodcast.com slash TSC. Always love to hear those. And if you've got any questions or problems that you're experiencing with your speaking, then why not drop me a line at sarah at saraharcher.co.uk. Let me know. Maybe I'll do a quick tip episode on that for you. In the meantime, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. I look forward to next time we're together. But in the meantime, don't you forget to go out, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. It's a nightmare. You're an expert with so much to say, but now that you've been booked to speak, you're struggling to know exactly what to talk about. You want a talk that engages the audience and wins you new clients without you losing your personality or anyone feeling pitched to. But what happens when you sit down to create that talk is that you end up staring at a blank page for ages or worse, surrounded by hundreds of sticky notes with content that you could include. With so much material, you just don't know where to start or finish. Don't worry, because many experts like you face exactly the same challenge. And that's why I created the Blank Page to Stage Guide. In just 50 minutes, this breakthrough resource is going to help you identify the big idea of your message, make it relatable for the audience that you're speaking to, and convey it all in a way that gets the audience inspired and on board with your idea. And it works even if you have tons of material or your subject feels less than exciting. If you want to cut through swathes of content and get a talk that you're excited to share, your audience loves and wins you new clients, then grab your blank page to stage guide from saraharcher.co.uk slash new guide hyphen TSC. Oh, I forgot to say, it's completely free. Enjoy.